Hey everybody, happy Tuesday to you. This is Dylan James with Out of Bounds with Dylan James, and we are on JDF Sports Live this evening to talk to you all about Week 12 in the NFL, all the headlines, all the storylines that took place this past weekend for Thanksgiving as well. Hopefully you had a very, very happy Thanksgiving, and you're gearing up for the holidays just like I am. I am joined none other than Tyler Sorensen. He's by my side as always. Tyler, how was your Thanksgiving, sir? Oh, it's pretty good. Pretty good. good. Watched some good football. Had some nice turkey. Just had the leftover. Had the most of the leftovers today. So pretty nice. good so far. Good, good. Glad to hear. It. Did you stay home? Did you travel? Like where, where were you at? I went down to my nana's, which is about like a five minute drive. So so didn't far. go too far. Didn't go too far. Just sort of stayed in Kenosha. Just stayed home. You could have walked but, home to yeah. you know get those steps in after eating all of that turkey and stuffing and all that stuff as well. But. I mean, yeah, but it's like a thirty minute walk. I don't want to do that. Yeah, true. It's cold outside. Anyway, um, hope you all had a good Thanksgiving as well. Thanks for tuning in. If you haven't done so already, feel free to share the show with your friends. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Twitch, everywhere you're watching us tonight, please feel free to share because sharing is caring. And the more people we can get to jump in the conversation, the better the show can be. And also, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're still trying to hit 500 by the end of the year. It is a bit of a stretch goal for us, but we can still get there. I have faith in us that we can get to 500 this year. So feel free to subscribe there. We would truly appreciate your assistance in that. But let's get into the football talk. There were a lot of things that happened this weekend, and... We're going to talk about them. So Aaron Rodgers going out with injury in the game um, on Sunday night. And then we also had Lamar Jackson tweeting out a stupid thing to a fan on Twitter, which we'll talk more about as well. And all the games that happened, including Monday night, including all the Thursday games that happened. We had three Thursday turkey games this year, which were very exciting, actually. It was, it was yep. the most viewed Thanksgiving ever. They set records this year um, with football when it came to viewership. So before we get started, why do you think that was? Why do you think there were so many people who actually did turn into Thanksgiving this year and this year was different than others? Because every single team is good. Even Detroit, who has a losing record, looked good. This has been looking good this year. I think this is the most – I think obviously there's three games. I think every single team other than Detroit had a winning record. So it's like – you have three. You have six teams that have a winning record. It's going to be good football, and it turned out to be good football. Like everything, every single game was within seven points. So something like like if you get games like that every single year, then it's going to be a huge hit, especially on Thanksgiving. Yes, absolutely. Um, and we are going to block that person anyway. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it was it was definitely interesting to watch. Um, the Cowboys played very well. Um, uh, the Buffalo Bills. One in Detroit. This was the second time. This was the first time in a long, long while that a team at Ford Field in Detroit actually won back-to-back weeks, which yes. is crazy it's not because, and it's not Detroit <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's um, pretty fascinating to think that that was the case there. But uh, Buffalo played very well. The Lions actually did make it a game though. They were pretty close in that game. Um, but Cowboys played really well. I mean, it was it was just a really good day of football. Good day of football. I think also this is the first year that most of the COVID restrictions were pretty much lifted as well. So I think a lot more people were actually traveling to see their families and to, to fellowship with them, which was a good thing. Um, we haven't heard anything about spikes or anything with COVID around here. I know Shanghai has had a spike recently. Yeah. I know Shanghai Disneyland closed today. Um, so, I mean, there have been things like that happening over in China. But thankfully here, knock on wood, it hasn't happened here. So we're, yeah. we're all in the clear. 
I know so that's a good thing. I know in China too, they've been basically cutting parts of the World Cup where they show like unmasked fans. Just oh. to sh- like just so that way they like, oh, you can't do that. And it's like, Ooh. interesting. I'm gonna, and I'm also, gonna not touch that with a ten foot pole. So yeah, I wouldn't either. Um, also, the United States won today. The men's team won against Iran. Yeah. Um, I know there was a there was an exchange. I don't know if you saw it, the reporter talking to the captain of the the U.S. team saying that he mispronounced he mis mispronounced the name of his country and and started trying to talk about you know how people human rights things here in America. It, it was weird. Um, the captain did a very good job of answering the question. By the way, I don't really follow soccer that much until it's the World Cup. And when I, you know, when the World Cup's on, I definitely watch. And today was a great game. So Christian Pulisic won me some money. Um, in betting, so that, that's a good thing. Even though he got yeah. injured, hopefully he comes back in a speedy recovery for the U.S. men, and hopefully they advance past. Um, I believe they're going up against the Netherlands on Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Oh, so God. if they if they go past the Netherlands, then I think Christian will be able to play. I'm not sure if he'll be able to play on Saturday though. So fingers crossed he can. If not, then fingers crossed we actually win on Saturday, which would be great. So early do, game we- though. Yeah, a very early game. I get to work at that time, so yeah, early early game for the men. Anyway, um, chime in the comments. Let us know what you think about what you thought about Week Twelve this week. What your team did this weekend, if they were able to win, and uh, predictions on who you think is going to end the season in the number one overall uh, number one overall spot per conference. So number one in NFC, number one AFC. I'd love to get your thoughts on that in the comments, so feel free to chime in there. Now, let's get started with this, though. Um, It's not in the banner below us, but Odell Beckham Jr. this past week had a little mishap. I'm not really sure what you can call it, really. Um, It was a situation where he was on a flight, an airplane, and he was in and out of consciousness. Um, They took him off the plane. They escorted him off the plane. It got blown up on Twitter that this was happening, Um, but it all looks like he was okay. He was just a little inebriated, I guess you could say. And that's the reason why he was going in and out of consciousness. What do you think about this scenario? What What do you think about what happened, how it you know blew up on Twitter and such? And, um, I mean, does anything come of that? I mean, I think whenever there's this this professional player is getting escorted out of a plane, it's always going to blow up on every single, every single social media site. I think it was blown way too much out of proportion, sort of like the Lamar Jackson thing that we're going to talk about later. Which we'll get to that, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. But it's like, at the same time, it's just like, uh, whatever. I don't really, yeah. It's Odell Beckham Jr. He's going to be in the news for one reason or another. And I'm actually taking OBJ's side on this because it's like how he sort of said it, where it's like, yes, they express concern, but at the same time, you don't need to do that. Like, yeah. It seemed very, it seemed very much so like coming from both sides, where it was like a sort of five for power from the flight attendant being like, "I'm getting you off this plane. I don't care." Yeah, and I also I think that we've seen this kind of scenario happen before and ruin a player's career before they even get into the league or before they even start playing in the league, and that was Johnny Menzel when he had the whole partying phase and he was drinking and things of that nature. The media blew it out of proportion completely, and that made it to where there was negative press around Johnny, negative press around the team with the Cleveland Browns, and it just materialized into nothing for Johnny Menzel. He quickly um, got dropped out of the league 
and tried to play for the CFL, tried to play for the AAFL, tried to play everywhere. He's played in all sorts of leagues since he left the NFL and just has not been able to stand um, stand firm in a position as the quarterback. But with Odell Beckham Jr., I'm glad the story has been dropped mostly. Um, I haven't really been hearing much about it today. So that's a good thing for them that he hasn't had any lingering traces of this story coming out still trying to gain steam in the in the media i think that if there were no storylines like the lamar tweet and the lamar tweet or aaron Rodgers being injured and potentially you know jordan love taking over the quarterback position there in green bay i, I think if those storylines weren't in the news then i think we would probably see this obj story blow up into an even bigger story because I think that's what kind of what happened with Johnny. There wasn't really many storylines going along. Johnny was this huge hot shot coming out of Texas A&M and they just decided to follow him and just dissect his life before he even hit the gridiron in the professional league. So I think that as of right now, OBJ is in the clear. OBJ is still trying to weigh his options though. There's the, the betting favorite is the Cowboys to land OBJ. There's still concerns about if OBJ will be available until at least it looks like maybe later in December he'll actually be available they haven't really talked about if he's ready to be cleared to play football today so do you still think Dallas is probably the number one spot for OBJ heading into this weekend I think that's probably the spot that he wants to play I think out of every single team that sort of left is it's like either that or go back to New York and I don't think he wants to go back to New York completely uh, I think Dallas is probably going to be the best bet. It's he's going to be like the third best quarter, the third best wide receiver on the team. Veteran wide receiver could come in late, get some fresh legs under him. Obviously, he's been working out, trying to get physical therapy this entire offseason. I think he, I thought he just got activated like last, like late last week, to be able to start trying out for teams. He might have. We can we can double check that and see. I, I did not see that. I might have bypassed it. Um, but again, he, he is getting close. He's getting closer to being able to start practicing with a team. It's just who that team is now is up in the air. I mean, and the Rams. The Rams were going to be that team until Matt Stafford went down with an injury. Uh, Van Jefferson now is out for the rest of the season with an injury. Uh, they are just... Uh, what happened to the Rams... The, the Rams are in such a bad spot that they couldn't do anything at the trade deadline because obviously they're they have nothing to trade really. I mean they, they have some players there, but um, with all the money they've they've paid these players, all the draft picks they've traded away, it's just not a very good site for the Rams right now. But they just won the Super Bowl, so yeah. would you rather have that? Would you rather have a Super Bowl? to your name and then not be good for the next few seasons? Or would you rather not have that Super Bowl last year and be a good team that's constantly in the conversation of being a playoff contender and potentially get a Super Bowl, maybe multiple with the team you have in place? I think it's sort of, if you don't have the Super Bowl, you don't have this issue. Because if you look at their team, they're all fairly older. They're all fairly veteran players, everything like that. I think going that deep into late February, like mid-February, it's going to wear down your body and you didn't have the right around the pine. And we obviously saw that earlier this year with Matt Safford getting hurt in training camp, having that sort of Tommy John injury, freak injury that he had. So it's like, I think if they don't have that Super Bowl, I think they don't have this sort of collapse. But I think I would much rather have that Super Bowl than have, than do anything else, I feel like. I think if they, I think... I would much rather have that Super Bowl just say, screw them draft picks, get them all away from me, and just 
sort of have this next year collapse because who knows maybe next year they're back on top in the NFC West. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and also you have to look at teams like San Francisco, for instance. San Francisco went to the Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick, and then after that, they were kind of in the conversation every season for a few years. Didn't really get there. Jimmy Garoppolo came along. They took him to the Super Bowl. It took him a little while to actually build back up, build their offense back up to where they could contend for a Super Bowl, and they eventually got there again. So I think the Rams can do that too. It's just, you know, they got a Super Bowl. They got the ultimate, the ultimate, you know, prize in the league um, by screwing those draft picks and and doing that. So I guess at the end, the end of the day, they're happy. They're happy that they got that Super Bowl. Are they upset that they are probably going to be? It's probably the worst collapse by a, a Super Bowl winning team in recent memory, at least. But it it has it's had to have been a long time since we've seen a team just fall apart this quickly that won the Super Bowl the year prior. It just doesn't seem like this is something that we typically see or we have seen in quite some time. But, um, again, they got a Super Bowl, so they can they can yeah. point to those rings and say, you know, kind of like the Colts fans, you know, always saying, hey, we got that Super Bowl 15 years ago, so that's why we're still better than the Titans. Well, that was 15 years ago. Um, guess who's running the AFC South right now? Anyway, uh, we're going to talk about the Titans in just a little bit, too, with their loss against Cincinnati Bengals, which I was at. And it was miserable. Um, But we'll talk more about that in just a little bit as well. Now let's get over to this Lamar Jackson situation. So if you have not seen the Lamar Jackson situation, I helped you out and I got you a screenshot of what was said on Twitter because he has recently deleted that tweet, since deleted that tweet, so you can no longer see it. But I'm sure there are other screenshots out there on the internet. Mine just looks fancier. So with Lamar Jackson, a fan reached out on Twitter. It didn't even reach out to Lamar specifically. He just tagged Lamar in the post, said when someone is asking for over a $250 million guaranteed like Lamar Jackson, games like this should not come to Justin Tucker, the kicker. Let Lamar walk and spend that money on a well-rounded team. Well, as you can see on the screen, Lamar took it upon himself to... And look at the timestamp. It's 4.46 p.m. It was right after the game had ended. I mean, roughly, you know, an hour or so after the game had ended. He decided to respond to this fan. And the little blur, I put that at the very end, telling the man on Twitter to eat... Yeah. Male, Male genitalia. Let's just say yep. that. So um, not a very good look for Lamar Jackson in this scenario, especially a quarterback that is um, trying to get a contract extension with the Rams or trying to get a new contract somewhere starting next year. Do you think this take, and I know I think I know your answer to this because of how you responded to it before, but do you think this should affect the Baltimore Ravens in re-signing Lamar Jackson to their team next year? No. Because, again, dumb, way pulling out of proportion. Uh, I think the whole social – obviously, I think this is sort of like a new generation of quarterback where it's like everybody has social media, everybody has that. But there needs to be that cool, that cool down off, cool off period after games. They're hot. They're, the adrenaline has been pumping. You've just played a 60-minute football game in a span of three hours. Everybody's going to be pissed off, especially when you lose in a fashion like you did. I think everybody knows that Lamar Jackson could have played better. That whole team could have played better. That defense, especially, could have played better. And I think it's just getting blown way the fuck out, way the way the hell out of proportion because of a certain thing in it. And I don't. I think everybody has said that to somebody in recent memory. Like, 
here's what I lo- here here's how I see it. I see it in the sense of this year is technically Lamar Jackson's second interview to be a leader of an NFL club next season. That that that's what he's doing. He's going out there saying this is what this is who I am and this is the person you should sign next year to a fully guaranteed contract because that's what he's been asking for because he represents himself a fully guaranteed contract to lead your franchise to the playoffs and beyond potentially a super bowl in this sounds like a dog fighting over there um in this scenario this is not a very good look for lamar jackson in the sense of you're supposed to be a leader as a quarterback you're a leader of men as a quarterback in an NFL locker room. And so Lamar Jackson going on Twitter, having this blow up on Twitter on a random person um, talking about the way he played. And the thing was, I don't think that he was even that off <laughs> on his criticism of Lamar Jackson. I, I, I say the same thing. What have I said pretty much every single time we talk about Lamar Jackson on the show, I say the same exact thing every single time. And that is top 10 athlete, not a good quarterback. Thank you. Top 10 athlete, not a top 10 quarterback. He will get paid somewhere. I mean, we all know this. He's not going, he's not going anywhere in the league. He's going to be a starter somewhere. If it's not in Baltimore, it's somewhere else. But if I were the Baltimore Ravens, I would look at this scenario and I would say that the decision-making on Lamar Jackson's part was not very good. And I think in this scenario, something like that could easily translate to other spurts of, of just indecisiveness on the field, um, in person with fans. Someone, If someone blurted that out to him in a random crowd, what do you think Lamar Jackson's going to do? If he could do that on Twitter... What do you think he would do in person? What if that person actually yelled that to Lamar Jackson in person? In my opinion, I feel as though Lamar probably would have said the exact same thing he said in that tweet in person. Mm-hmm. It's just it's not a good look for the NFL, not a good look for the Baltimore Ravens, not a good look for Lamar Jackson for him to be doing this. It just seems childish. And you've been in the league now for, what, this is his fourth year? This is... Fifth, he got drafted in 2018. Fifth year, fifth year. His fifth year in the league, and you're doing this. I could understand if it was your rookie season, the Zach Wilson thing, I, it was his second year, but still, the Zach Wilson thing coming out and saying, no, I'm not going to take ownership for the offense only scoring three points in this game. That was a stupid comment. Mm. But he's a second-year quarterback. He, he, he's a guy that he's still learning. This is his first, technically, he hasn't even played a full season yet as a rookie because he was out pretty much all season last year. So he still had time. I think with with Lamar Jackson, he should know better. He should yeah. know better in this scenario, and he just couldn't put the phone down. I know Jim Harbaugh came out, or John Harbaugh came out, and said that they had a conversation um, where that shouldn't happen. That's when the tweet was deleted. I'm not sure if that happened before or after that conversation where the tweet was deleted. But John just said he shouldn't be doing that. He shouldn't be going on Twitter right after a loss to say those things, to even have the chance, have the opportunity to see something like that and feel like he needs to respond. But at the end of the day, you should be an adult enough to know not to respond. 
Yeah. Why are you responding to Twitter trolls? Even though, again, that was probably one of the nicest Twitter trolls I've ever seen. I don't think it, I don't think it was a troll. It was just no. genuine criticism. It's like, hey, I want my team to be good. It shouldn't be dealt in the hands of Justin Tucker. Absolutely. And and also, you look at the stats for Lamar Jackson this year, and they were all talking about how he was going to be an MVP this season. He was getting to a point where he'll be in the conversation at the end of the year. ESPN all over the place talking about Lamar Jackson being this great quarterback. Uh, Dominique Foxworth being the main person usually saying that he's such a he's this great quarterback. Anyway, um, he's his completion percentage has actually gone down from last year. It was sixty four point four percent last year, sixty two point one percent this year, still hovering just over sixty percent, which not very good for a quarterback. Uh, thrown for two thousand two hundred thirty one yards so far, seventeen touchdowns, seven interceptions, just. I, I don't his his interceptions have gone down I guess from last year last year he had 13 this year he has seven so far but he still has several games to go so we could probably see him throw 13 again if he if he so lucky but I, I, his play has diminished in a contract year you would think that he would want to be playing at a higher level than what we've seen and he's not doing that so what is this who Lamar actually is? Are the other years just bloated in the sense that they just were anomalies that this happened and then he just came back to earth this year? I I just don't feel as though he's adapting. I don't feel as though he's maturing in the league, especially with this tweet. Um, I think that's the reason why that fan got so upset and decided to tweet that out saying, instead of spending $250 million on a quarterback, Toss him to the curb and find someone else. Yeah. I think also, too, it's a whole thing of, oh, he doesn't have weapons. And he really doesn't. Like, his best weapon right now is probably Deshaun Watson. Or not Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Jackson, excuse me. But even then, like, he hasn't really had a lot of weapons. But, it's like, if you look at the team, they're supposed to be good. They're very fast. They're very young, obviously. But looking at the stats, too, if you have almost the same amount of yards, completion percentage attempts as Davis Mills, Something's wrong. Yeah, something's very, very wrong. Yeah, and again, this was was this was supposed to be the revenge year for Lamar to come out and say, "You didn't sign me to a contract. I'll show you. I'll show you. I'm a better quarterback than that." Has he? <laughs> I mean, at this point, I'm looking at Lamar saying, "Is that all you got?" Yeah. In a contract year, this is all you got. I I just don't see it. I, again. Top 10 athlete, not a top 10 quarterback. Cassie is joining us from Twitch. Cassie, thanks for joining uh, the show. Not sure. I think it was a, an emote. In the emote, yes, but it just didn't show up here on Restream. Thanks oh. for uh, joining. We appreciate it. And go check out Cassie on Twitch, the Cassie Quest. She's always hitting up Call of Duty. Warzone 2, I believe, is what she's playing currently. So she's, she's a great player. Go check I, her out on her stream. I can't play that game. I can't play Warzone 2. I haven't played it yet. But it's downloaded on my PlayStation. I just haven't had the chance to uh, to play it play with it. the holidays, Thanksgiving, things of that nature. But I'm back now this week, and I'll probably hop on and play a few games. But um, I just I just can't play it because I'm too ADD when it comes to video games, and I need to be running around. And that game is way too slow. That's why I stopped playing Valorant too. It can be, yeah. I mean, war uh, with Modern Warfare two that just released. The multiplayer games are pretty quick as well. Um, Search and Destroy is a little on the slower side. Team Deathmatch is fun. Uh, Kill Confirmed is fun too. But 
yeah, it is it is much slower. Cassie's saying here too, it's much slower than Warzone One. I, I agree. The map yeah. is huge too. The map oh, yeah. is really big. This is the first really game big. though for COD that I've actually enjoyed playing. And it's not just been like, oh, I like it for a week. Like I've actually continuously played it for the past like few weeks. Like I'll hop on for like a few hours, just be like, okay, time to like I'm actually I remember a few weeks, like last week, I literally got up at six AM. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna play COD. And I haven't done that since like Black Ops 2. Like Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also quite large map. If your hand if you land in a hot zone, you'll find lots of action though. Yes, you will, because yeah. there are a lot of nooks and crannies where people are hiding and stuff, but I mean like the downtown area, um, the the terminal area, some people have been going to as well, which has been kind of hot too. So yeah, there there are a lot of cool areas um on the map and it kind of, you know, throws back a little bit to Verdansk. It has a little Verdansk feel, um, but it's still quite a large map. So Anyway, um, that's Lamar Jackson for you. I don't think that he is. I, I think if Baltimore, if I was Baltimore, I would look at him and I'd say, ah, "You're making the wrong. You're, you're making the wrong decisions in a contract year, and your on-field production, especially when loss. I mean, we'll talk in a little bit about a guy on ESPN talking about. No, I'm sorry, he's on Fox now. I think it's Fox Sports talking about win loss being a quarterback rate, a quarterback." Um, metric stat. of success, a stat. And um, if that's the case, then Lamar Jackson, he's like, mm, he's okay. But there have been a lot of games this year where they've lost by less than seven points, less than three points. And, I mean, come on. It's all about winning yeah. in the league. You know so, what one You know what one color I would really like on him if he doesn't, if he doesn't stay in that purple? Green and gold. No, I don't want him. Okay. Green and white. New York Jets. Ooh, that would be an interesting pick. Very similar to Zach Wilson. Obviously, Zach Wilson is still a rookie deal quarterback, but if you're willing to pay him, hey, get well, him Well, if, if the Jets are willing to sit Zach Wilson, then that shows you that they're probably willing to make a deal to move yeah. Zach Wilson somewhere else and get something better. Because they have the wide receivers there. They have the skill positions there on the offense to be successful. And we saw it this week. Mike White came in and was the white knight for the Jets, came in and was able to win the game for them and keep up their their good record, their winning record. Um, mm. So we'll see if Zach Wilson is still there after this season. Um, but again, I, I last week, I'll say it, I still said it last week that I thought it was a mistake that Zach Wilson was benched. I still think it was, it was, a, it was a mistake. I think that Zach Wilson, this would have been a good comeback game for him to bounce back from that loss to the Pats and show the Jets organization, show fans, show the NFL world that, hey, I'm actually a decent quarterback. I can actually throw it on this defense that is not highly ranked this year. I think that would have been a good bounce-back game for him. But, again, they gave it to Mike White, and Mike White capitalized on the on the, uh, on the the spotlight. So we'll see if Mike White continues to be the starting quarterback there for the New York Jets, which I think for the next few weeks we'll probably see him there, and we'll see if the confidence for Zach Wilson – diminishes yeah i was gonna say worse than that but yes diminishes yes that's a good word to use diminishes um we'll see what it goes how it goes there so let's talk about your neck of the woods in green bay aaron Rodgers came out before last week's game after the titans game and said that he had a broken thumb since the giants game is that right giants game yeah week five the giants game he's had a broken right thumb he's been playing with since then 
even though he had been picking up some steam with Christian Watson, he actually built a very, very good connection with Christian Watson, and they were they had scored five touchdowns in two games um, coming into this week, and then they weren't able to do really much on offense this week, and then he goes down with an injury in the fourth quarter, and none other than Jordan Love comes into the game and takes over, gets within a touchdown in that game. They were down by, I believe, two touchdowns at that point, got a touchdown, and was able to lose by just a touchdown instead of more. Um, so as of right now, it looks like Jordan Love's probably going to get the nod until Aaron Rodgers gets back from his injury or maybe the rest of the season, depending on if Jordan Love keeps them mathematically in it in the playoffs. Um, but it's getting very, very very, very slim that they're able to come back and get into a playoff position from the position they're in right now. Yeah, it's going to be rough. And Aaron on uh Pet McAfee show today, Aaron two day or what is it? Rogers two days, Tuesdays or whatever the hell they call it. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. They have some fancy <laughs> name for it. I watch it every week though. Cause it's, it's hilarious. Oh yeah. But he basically stated like, I don't want to stop playing until we're mathematically eliminated. And I'm like, why, why just, let us see love. Let us see Jordan Love, please. He looked good, six for nine, 113 yards and a touchdown. And on that touchdown, he looked like Prime Michael Jordan licking his lips, just and chucked it to Christian Watson. He did have one very big misplay, just held on the ball for a little bit shorter than he should have. Would have seen uh, Alan Lazard streaking down the sideline for basically a game tying touchdown. Um, but he had some good, really good flashes. I think my train of thought is obviously this is a very big Packer fan overreaction in quotation marks. I think he looks like a very, very young Aaron Rodgers in a sense where it's like, he looks like he has those flashes that I could see where he's going. He just needs to develop into what he could be. I think he could be a very good quarterback in this league. And I think he could be a starter for maybe seven, seven, eight years. He's not going to be like the whole Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, where he's going to be starting for almost 20 years, but I think he could be a good starter for at least like, around eight years. Okay, around eight years. Do, do you think that this scenario is similar to what we saw with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance last year? That they were kind of licking their chops saying, you know, Trey Lance is going to be the starting quarterback here in San Fran for moving forward. We're going to move away from Jimmy Garoppolo, even though he has gotten us to the Super Bowl before. He got us in the playoff hunt. We've been to the NFC Championship twice. Um, do, do you think that they're they're doing this too soon with Jordan? I mean, it sounds like you, you don't think so. It sounds like you want them to move on with Jordan Love now and potentially Aaron Rodgers go somewhere else or be a backup for Jordan Love. I don't see that happening. I'd probably see retirement before I see Aaron Rodgers being a backup for Jordan Love in Green Bay. But we do have polls going on on my Twitter handle, by the way, too. Dylan underscore James. There's a question about Aaron Rodgers there, a question about Lamar Jackson there, and also a question about who had the most impressive win this past weekend. Go there to my Twitter page. Make sure you vote in those polls. I believe they have, I think two of them already ended. Um, I think the the most the most impressive win uh, poll is still up. So get go check those out and see the results as well from those. But do you think you see a parallel between San Francisco and Green Bay in this scenario? No. I see a parallel between San Francisco and Kansas City, if you were to say that. Now, now that's a parallel that I could see. An aging quarterback, rookie you just got, had him play the last game, looked good, ship out their ship out your backup. You ship out your former starting quarterback, have the rookie come in, everything's awesome. 
Obviously, this is the same thing as Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. Get a rookie, have him sit three years, becomes a starter. Yay. Uh, it's it's rough because this is his fourth. This is his third year already. We're heading into his fourth year next year. We still don't know what we have with him. He looks good. I think the front office understands that he looks good in practice and everything like that. I think us as fans are worried because we haven't been able to see him. This is only his this if he starts, second or third start this, I believe, if he right? starts if he starts next week this will be his second career start in the NFL. So it's going to be rough. This is his, I think his third time actually playing in a pure NFL game and that's not preseason. Obviously he he got the start in every single preseason game last year and the year and this year. But it's going to be rough. It's going to look weird seeing a number other than 12 in the backfield uh, spearheading the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Um, I, I can see Jordan Love being the starter there. I mean, I, I don't I don't disagree with you that I think he could be a starter there for several years because he has shown flashes. I think he's still going to mature. He's still going to get, you know, more acclimated with the game as he plays in these regular season games. I think that it's beneficial for them to have him there to be the starting quarterback for the rest of the season, especially if they're mathematically out of it. Even if they're not mathematically out of it and Aaron Rodgers is still injured, I mean, yes, absolutely. Start Jordan Love, see what he can do, show the fans a little promise for the future and see what he can do in Matt LaFleur's system and go from there and see what happens in the offseason with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the, the, the poll that I had up on my Twitter for Aaron Rodgers was, where is he going to be next year? Where is he going to be at the start of the season next year? Is he going to be in Green Bay? Is he going to be on another team? Or is he going to be retired? Is he going to be at home? Um, and the Twitter results came in. Let me see if I can pull this up real quick. It appears. Sorry, I retweeted a lot about Tennessee not being ranked above Alabama. Anyway, um, so the question was, where will Aaron Rodgers be at the start of next season? 50% said Green Bay. That he's going to still be there in Green Bay, which I tend to agree with them. I think that this year wasn't necessarily on Aaron Rodgers. I think that there were other factors at play. I think that the the youth in the wide receiver core, I think we did see flashes or we started to see a connection, like I said before, with Christian Watson. I think that was gonna, that's his number one guy moving forward. If Aaron's oh, yeah. still the starting quarterback next season, Christian Watson's the guy there. Absolutely. Unless they get somebody in free agency with a wide receiver, but obviously... Aaron Rodgers has been asking for a wide receiver for quite some time there in Green Bay, and they just continue to just not listen to him, draft Jordan Love two years ago, draft some, you know, wide receivers in like the third and fourth round this past draft. So I think that we'll see, I think we'll still see Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I think he'll be the starter there again next year in Green Bay. He had a down season because of the offensive line. He had a bad season because of the wide receivers that were still trying to get acclimated to the game because all their wide receivers were pretty much brand new, except for Randall Cobb, who had been injured for several weeks this year. So yeah. I, I think it's, yes, it's exciting to see the shiny new toy. We saw it in Tennessee, Malik Willis, the shiny new toy. We said, oh, Malik Willis gets to play in, in place of Ryan Tannehill. There were several Titans fans out there saying that, oh, we should just give the keys to Malik Willis. Ryan Tannehill's not a good quarterback anymore. Malik Willis should be the starter anyway, so it's good that we get to see him play in place of Ryan Tannehill as he's injured. He comes in against Kansas City, and we lose that game. 
if Ryan Tannehill was in that game against Kansas City, we probably would have won it. So I, I think it's great to see flashes of the future. It's awesome. I, I think that that's a great thing as a Packer fan for you. I'm happy for you to see a guy like Jordan Love. You spent so much draft capital, like a, a guy that you spent a first round draft pick on. <laughs> like We traded up for too. We, yes. We traded so, down that draft and then we traded back up to get him. You gave up draft capital, but you also took him with a number one with a first round draft pick for the Packers that season. So you spent a lot on this guy already um, of time and effort on this guy. Let's see if he can do it. Let's see if he is the quarterback of the future. It's a really, really good sample size moving forward to see, okay, these are things we need to work on. If you can't fix these things over the next year or two, I think Aaron Rodgers contracts through 2025. So with that contract, I mean, you still have time to develop Jordan Love, see where he's at. If it's his second contract after his rookie year, then it's still going to be a cheaper contract because he's not going to have that many games under his belt as an NFL starter if Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay, which is actually a pretty good thing. So we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. I think Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay. I don't think retirement's on the table for him yet. I think he still has it. It's just that a nagging thumb injury, the pec and the rib injury he just sustained this past weekend, and also the offensive line and his wide receiving core that was a young wide receiving core, them getting experience, them bolstering the offensive line in the offseason, I think that's when you'll see Aaron Rodgers thrive next year. Yeah, I, I I honestly think that right now, I think if I was in Rodgers' position and I know I have an egg and thumb injury, we're four and seven, we don't look good. I think if I was in his position, I would just shut it down for the rest of the year, get that surgery, take some time, relax. You're 30, you're about to be 38, I think, like, He's getting up there in age, and I don't think a lot of people really remember that he's 38. He didn't start until he was in his, what, junior year, basically, third season? Like, you got five games left of the season. The Bears, Rams, Dolphins, Vikings, and Lions. Yeah, three of those are fairly winnable. Do I think we'll probably make the playoffs? No, because we got the entire NFC East that we have to worry about, which is a weird thing to say. But... I think you shut it down for the rest of the season. You have Jordan Love start the rest of those games, see what we have. You have two very good defenses that you can go against too as a rookie quarterback, as like not a rookie quarterback, but as a third-year quarterback. Like you have the Vikings and the Dolphins who are up there in defense, so it's like you see what they have against the real defenses and not just the Rams who are uh, Bears who are meh and the Lions who can't find their way out of a paper bag on defense. True. True. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how Aaron Rodgers – handles it going into the season. I think Matt LaFleur will probably have a conversation with him probably after next week and say, look, you should probably just shut it down. Like, let's just shut it down. You'll be healthy next season, fully healthy next season. You have a full rest of the season and a full off season to rest up, recuperate. Um, I don't think father time is getting to him like people are saying it is. I think it's no. it's a lot to do with the injury. It's a lot to do with the inexperience of wide receiver. It's a lot to do with the offensive line as well. I think those are the three things yeah. that are killing this team right now. So I, I still think that Aaron Rodgers has it. I think he still has that MVP caliber play in him. Um, I think we'll see it next year when he comes back. I think we will, yeah. especially having another offseason with those wide receivers. So just like you said, just shut it down. I think I'd shut it down too and see what you can do yeah. next season with this team and, and move forward. Yeah, I think the only thing that Father Tim is really getting to him is just his health. It's just, yeah. it's just like same thing with LeBron. Basically, is like, oh, he's finally getting to that point where he's getting hurt, he's getting injured, he can't just big body everybody. 
I doubt yep. in the paint. Like he's absolutely getting hurt, especially with how bad our offensive line has been. Like we just can't stop anybody, and it's getting to him. And I think when you get older like that, you need to have a stable offensive line like Tom Brady has. So true. Um, and also, if you hear in the background rain, <laughs> it's because it's pouring down rain outside in my house right now. Um, weird weather here. There have been tornado watches. In the southeast today, it's been really, really strange. Um, but yeah, so that's why you hear heavy rain in the background. So my apologies if you hear that. Um, but let's move forward, though. We have another story from the Washington Commanders. Obviously, they're always in the news. And it's not for a good reason. I mean, it kind of is. It was supposed to be a it good started, reason. It started as a good reason. It started as a good reason. So Sean Taylor, Washington Redskins legend. I'll say Redskins because he was a Redskin. Washington Redskins legend Sean Taylor was going to get a uh, not memorial a it's like a uh, memoriam statue sort of yeah deal. like an you know honoring him um, in the stadium it was going to be a permanent structure in the stadium for him I heard about this about a week two weeks ago I said oh great they're planning on putting up a stat that's why I heard I heard it was a statue I said okay great that's they're planning they on putting up a statue. And it's going to be outside of the stadium, and it's probably going to you know, be unveiled next season or two seasons from now, whatever. Well, then I heard the announcement late last week that it's being unveiled at the game this weekend. I said, interesting. That's a really quick turnaround for a statue to be created or you know, made of... An NFL player. Hopefully it doesn't look like the Christian Ronaldo statue that happened a few years ago. I mean, that would have been rough. Um, Karen chiming in. Hello, Karen. Welcome. Just got done watching the Bruins game. Did you guys win? Let us know if you guys won in the comments. We'd love to know. Um, anyway, so they said this weekend we're going to unveil it. It'll be great. They unveiled this thing. And let me warn you, it's not a statue. If you haven't seen the pictures of it, don't worry. Here are the pictures now. This is what they came up with to honor Sean Taylor and his work in the Washington Commanders organization. So they got a wire mannequin from your local Coles. They got a pair of soccer cleats. They got a pair of, I believe, Adidas Adidas socks. They got Reebok. What was it? Reebok pants? Reebok pants and a Nike jersey, and I'm pretty sure that helmet is the wrong helmet that he used to wear. Yes, they uh, they apparently used to have he used to have tape on his face mask, and the face mask tape is not there either. So I don't know what Dan Schneider's doing. I mean, th- this was like one of his last acts. I mean, why well, he's still the president, owner, and president now, but you know, obviously there are there is some negotiations going on about someone purchasing the Washington Commanders. Um, He's been trying to line that up throughout the entire season. Um, But this is just a bad look for the... This is all you had? This is what you had for one of the greatest players to ever play for your franchise? You decide to put up a wire mannequin of him with mismatched... A mismatched uniform on? That's not even of the time period of the time he played? Really? I'm I'm genuinely surprised that they didn't put a commander's helmet on him. Like, ah. I'm genuinely surprised that announced an aptitude. And it's like, here's the thing, though. It, obviously, we're entitled to our opinions. If 
this is the only source that I could find of it. A little bit behind the scenes, I was researching some stuff for us. His brother, his genuine brother, says that he's honored by the Washington Commanders. Says it's a great thing. Obviously, everybody's entitled to his opinion. They deserve more. Yeah. This is obviously he said like this is not. It doesn't feel like a finished process. It feels like it's just started. It feels like it's just a step, and it it doesn't even feel like it's just a step. If it's a step, it's a step backwards. Like I remember last year when they retired his number, and yeah, that's where the visitors waiting area was, and they taped it off, and no, and people were stepping on it. Like no, don't do that. This is just a whole thing for Dan Schneider to get PR and then have it just blow up in his face again. Like it's. It's a whole thing where obviously like they're looking to move stadiums. They don't want to build a real statue. Then don't say you're building a statue. Yeah. Say don't you're building say, a, say you're giving him a plaque and that we will be looking to get a statue in the future. It's not that difficult. Like get a plaque. Like obviously you say in memoriam of Sean Taylor. Have a photo of him. Have like some statue photo of him, like you like people do. Because there's a few good photos out there of him. Yeah. On the sideline where it's like it's just one of those things to do that. And also the big thing too. Is that with the roped off in the roped off place you were talking about on the field? I heard Jackson Mahomes is very upset that there's glass surrounding the memorial because he was hoping to go do some TikTok dances. But I, I, I think that in this scenario, you're right. I think they should have had a plaque. They should have had. I mean, could they have not partnered up with the Hall of Fame? Could they have not partnered up with like? Do they not have archives with with memorabilia from these players from? games of yesteryear like do they not have these things at their disposal that they could have worked with somebody to put together a better tribute than this like that's what you got this is what you got yeah and it looks like you can barely even see the wires too it looks like it's just floating there i'm like no that doesn't look good like if anything too like obviously you do try to get like you you try to get everything to be matching as the when he played, which was 2004 to 2007. Obviously, Reebok doesn't make the jerseys anymore, so you might have to go Nike. If you have to go Nike for your jerseys, go Nike for everything. Yeah, It's absolutely. not that difficult. It's not that difficult to go the same thing for for everything that you have. Nope. There's probably records of what how many you wore, records of jerseys. Fo- like, try to get everything as photorealistic as you can. Obviously, he wore two different numbers. I'm surprised they didn't put Sean Taylor's number 36 up there instead of his 21. Like that's a, that's how surprised of a nepotude that 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 um, organization has with Dan Schneider running the running the helm. It's insane. Hopefully, a better owner comes in there is able to do better by the team and by their history too. I mean, Sean Taylor being disgraced in this yeah. scenario. I, he was definitely disgraced by this show of you know of of I don't know, PR just, stunt. Yeah, like it's a PR stunt for sure. It doesn't. Um, yeah, it doesn't even feel like he's an actual player. It feels like it's just a PR stunt half the yeah. time. Karen said, yes, the Bruins did one three to one. So congratulations on the Bruins. They have a very good hot streak this year. John Suggs chimes in for the first time this evening. Hello, John. You think Schneider was the one that paid someone to dig up that Jerry Jones pick? Schneider I, had probably had it in his back pocket. I'm not sure what picture you're referring to, but oh, you haven't seen if you can it. find the picture, that'd be great. But I'm sure Dan Schneider probably did a bit because of the the public turmoil those two have had over the past few weeks because there were reports saying that he no longer talks to Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones no longer talks to Dan Schneider after everything that's come out about him and the Washington commanders. And they're just trying to just, you know, go their separate ways at this point. I would not be surprised if that was the case with, uh, with Dan Schneider picking up that picture of Jerry Jones. Okay. Okay. Here it is. 
that's the actually that's the article. Hang on, I'm trying to find the actual tweet of it. But so, oh, that's not it. What the heck? My Siri decided to go off my watch. Um, you know, I'm sure that probably they did have something to do with that. John says, if you look at it, uh, look two guys to the left in the pick, the tall guy, and tell me that don't look like Bill Clinton. Oh. All right. Well, we will see that picture in a moment. So I'm sure this that is Tyler the, is pulling it up. This is the actual tweet that came out of it. This is from No Jumper, which is uh, another podcast that mainly do basketball. Okay. I'm trying to find Let's the actual tweet of it but i can't find it i will save this image until we can put it on the screen for everyone to see if you have not seen the photo so far we got it for you let me pull it up real quick is this one i believe okay here's the picture oh i found the actual person that tweeted it so apparently that's jerry jones that is circled right there Okay. Oh, I think I do remember. I I do remember hearing about this. I never saw the photo though. Yeah. So apparently that's Jerry Jones. But the one thing that's funny about this is that every is that when it was when it was originally tweeted out and when it was actually like posted by Washington Post, it was at ten forty one a.m. on November twenty third, when OBJ was trying to figure out where he was going and that like some something happened with OBJ. It was literally in at 10 a.m. that same day. So people are trying to figure out if it was Dan Schneider basically sabotaging the, the Dallas Cowboys to losing OBJ. Interesting. I, I, I can kind of see, John, what you're talking about with Bill Clinton. It, I mean, it kind of favors him a little bit. I haven't seen a young picture of a Bill Clinton before, so I'd have to look up that too. I'll look that up after the show. But yeah, I, I, that's, I mean, not a good look um, in this scenario. But again, I mean, that that was that was the the time of, you know. It was 1957, which. That's that was right in the middle it. of it. Yep. Like. They're right in the middle of the segregation movement. I mean, it, it was, it was just how things were back then unfortunately i mean it's it's good thing like this i mean we we have history now to where we know what not to do (laughs) so i mean it's 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 good to have these photos and such but at the same time yes it does not look very good for jerry jones to be in this picture especially how people um tend to view (laughs) photos and such like that from the past these days so charlie sheen is that really charlie sheen no, I don't think it is, but it looks oh, like okay. him. Yeah, it, okay, that, that, that 100% looks like It does. Um, interesting. So uh, that photo came out of Jerry Jones from Dan Schneider. Maybe. Maybe. I'm, Maybe. It, was Washington, it was a Washington Post article that first broke it. I mean, DC. Maybe, there I, was I, a, maybe there was a suggestion by an unknown, snor- uh, an unknown source named San Snyder. Maybe. San Snyder. But I believe he was the one that uh, told them about that situation. So anyway, um, interesting photo. And John also says, has Jets fans finally admitted Wilson is not the future? Again, John, it's too early to say that. I I still think so. I think that Robert Sala pulled the plug too early. I still think he did. I think it was a tough game against against the Pats last week. And this week, 
instead of giving Zach Wilson an easy win, say, hey, go out here and play this defense who's nowhere near the Patriots and get your confidence back up and prove that you're a leader of this team. Robert Sala said, "Uh, no, we're going to pull the plug on you early and give it to Mike White. And Mike White had a layup, essentially. So he looked really good this past weekend. So now you have a, a fan base that is just embroiled. That they're, they're saying, well, Zach Wilson was our future quarterback, but now we saw Mike White, and we think Mike White's better now, so we should start that guy. It's kind of like what the Patriots did just earlier in the season with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. Same exact thing. They saw Bailey Zappi, they saw a flash from him, and they said, Bailey Zappi's the guy. Bailey Zappi's going to be our starting quarterback now. Bye-bye, Mac Jones. And then Bailey Zappi didn't play well one week, and Mac Jones came back from injury, and he's been okay. I mean, that game against the Jets was probably the best, well, not that game, but actually this past weekend, actually. Um, against the, past, the Vikings. Yeah, against the Vikings. That was probably the best he's looked almost all season. Yeah. I think one thing, too, about the whole Mike White situation is look at the, how the team reacts to him in the locker room. Because they're like, oh, we love him. We love his energy. We love everything like that. I don't think we've heard anything about that from about from the team about Zach Wilson. We've only really heard it from about Mike White, which is like, and maybe, that's just, really... maybe that's just a, a, a thing that they're doing to say, listen, Zach, if you go out there and act like a leader and actually stand up for our offense and stand up for yourself and say, yes, I'm to blame for us only producing three points against the Patriots, then maybe we'll say the same thing about you. Maybe it's just kind of like the, it's like the um, fear of missing out. It's like the FOMO of it all. Yeah. The missing out part is you being praised as our starting quarterback for the Jets. So if you do the right thing, if you go out there and you perform well, and when you perform poorly, you actually come out and say it was your fault, then I think at that point you can say, hey, you're our starting quarterback. You're our guy. Come to the club. Don't miss out yeah. anymore. It's one of those things, too, where it's like, obviously he is a second-year quarterback, and he didn't have that sort of thing at BYU, so it's like you didn't have to take responsibility for it. So I think that's another thing, too, is, like, you're taking this very young quarterback. I think it only started that one season. He might have started another season before that. But it's, like, he doesn't understand really how to take, not criticism, but take blame, it seems like, especially with how young and how not really sheltered he was. But it's, like, even if you look back to the draft, he seemed very out of place and he seemed very awkward about everything. Yeah, especially on the red carpet with all the other guys. He just didn't, yeah. look, didn't look like he was, you know, fitting in there. But, you know. That's just the way cookie crumbles, I guess. Um, John asks, is John Cl- if Cliff Kingsbury is finally on the hot seat? If he wasn't last week when I said he was, then he is this week. <laughs> because I'm going to say it again. Cliff Kingsbury should be fearing for his job right now. Yes. Should be. If the Arizona Cardinals are not having discussions about Cliff Kingsbury, and if they should move on from him, then that organization is about the same level as the Washington Commanders. In ineptitude. They should be talking about it. There's no reason that they lost this game this weekend against the Chargers. Yeah. No, no reason. Should, no reason. They should not have. No. No reason. They should have won that game. But they came up short in the very end. Chargers came back and won the game. Um, not a good look for the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray. So he is also winless still since Warzone 2 came out. And Modern Warfare 2. 
Andy chimed yeah. in. Andy, welcome to the show. Glad you're here. Not a fan of Jones at all, but how old is that picture? Who cares if it was decades ago? Yes, I yeah. I agree with you, Andy. It was a long time ago. However, people love to dig up dirt and post things that they think are dirt in this climate that we're currently living in, and that could be conceived as dirt. Um, yeah, and they also. I feel like a lot of people don't also okay. realize that it's like that's what the status quo was back then. Like, obviously, it's way before I was alive. So it's but it's like you look at it and you're like, that's that's what it was. And it's like I also looked through like his whole the whole tweet thread of it, too. And he's like, oh, Jerry Jones has not apologized for it yet. I'm like, that's here's the thing, though. Obviously, people grow up, people change. Jerry Jones is 99, 98. He's old as hell. Like, he probably doesn't remember it especially if he was in high school back then yeah absolutely um question from john here comeback player of the year i have three players and two of them are on the same team i mean i think still even though the seahawks are currently on an zero and two losing streak again i think geno smith is definitely in that conversation um trying to think of who else would be up there saquon saquon Saquon, because he's actually stayed healthy but again they're on a skid too they're on a skid and he hasn't been able to do anything he's had about i think he's had less than 100 yards rushing in the past two weeks yeah he has gino he has saquon he has daniel jones which daniel jones was could have been up there too i think saquon was more more so just because of him actually coming back from injury and playing at the level he was playing because he was leading that team. He he's led that team to what are they seven and four now? Yeah, seven and four. Seven and four. So he led that team to that seven and four record. Yeah, I mean, plain and simple. He he's the guy. The times they've lost have been the times that those other teams have shut down Saquon Barkley. So Saquon deserves this comeback player of the year award more than Daniel Jones. You can make an argument for Daniel Jones. He is on a team that is seven and four currently. So I mean, yeah, kudos to him for getting them there. But I think that Saquon got them there more, more so than Daniel Jones did. Um, and also, I mean, we'll we'll see if they can keep it up. Um, I, I know that also coach of the year. We were always looking at Daybull as well. Brian Daybull being the coach of the year for the Giants. So, but then also, I mean, they're seven and four now. So yeah, I think that, that's kind of up in the air too. Yeah, I think it's basically a two-horse race between Gino and Saquon. Like, you could throw Christian in, Christian McCaffrey into it, but it's like, even then, he hasn't really been all that productive. I think it's more so it's basically just, okay, it's either Seahawks or it's the Giants. Who's going to take home the hardware with Coach of the Year? I think it's Coach of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, and, like, you know, NFL doesn't really have, like, a most improved, but, like, like sort of like those two are sort of going to be, like, either it's either going to go to the Giants or it's going to go to the Seahawks, whichever one you like more. I could see Christian McCaffrey having a, a a stake for that award, though, just if he is able to take that San Francisco team or that San Francisco team is able to win the rest of their games, maybe lose like one or two games, which they've been surging recently. And the surge happened once they switched to Jimmy Garoppolo, one, but also when they got Christian McCaffrey, just because of the weapon he is he can potentially be for that offense. I think that's one of the main reasons why they've been effective offensively, even though their defense has been outstanding as well. I think that's what that's led them. I mean, they, they blanked, um, who did they blank just two weeks ago? Um, the saints 
They blanked the Saints. Oh, that was this week. That was this week. Oh, this week then. Yeah, this week. 13-0 against the Saints. I mean, the Saints aren't I think really a team to scoff at either. I think it's – I think it's – I think that's – it's just the defense over there. I don't think there's really anybody on the Saints – on this 49ers team is – that is – really worth it. I think you could think Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe. You could think Christian McCaffrey, but even Christian McCaffrey, he doesn't look all that valuable. He's just, I think that team is too stacked on offense that it's he's just sort of getting shadowed by everybody else. Whereas with Geno Smith, it's like, oh, is, like why are you starting Geno Smith? Start Drew, uh, start Drew Locke, then you have a chance to get the first overall pick, and now they're in a playoff hunt. And yeah. then you look at the Giants. They're like, "Oh, you're supposed to only have three wins this year." Now they're in a playoff hunt. That if the season ended today, they'd be in the playoffs. Like that's why I think it's either Saquon or uh, Gino out in Seattle. Yeah. Um, before I get to Andy's comment, I'd like to get to John's here. Coach of the year, I would definitely give it to Giants or new head coach for Miami and Mike McDaniel. Um, I wouldn't really say Eagles coach because they have had pretty much same talent. It was in the talks last year. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Sirianni they, could be in the conversation, but I still don't think he would get it over Dayball or McDaniel. I think the top three right now has to be, I'd say top four right now has to be uh, four or five. Right. Four or five would be Brian Dayball one. In my opinion, Pete Carroll two. Okay. Mike McDaniel three. Robert Sala four. Uh, Kevin O'Connell five out in Minnesota. No Vrabel Mike Vrabel. Vrabel six. Vrabel six? Look at okay. six. Yes. Have you seen the injuries they've had on the offensive line? On the defensive line? Bias. That's all you gotta say. Bias. Wide receivers, I mean, are, are just doing nothing. I mean, Traylon Burks, the number one, the the first round draft pick we had this year was out with turf toe for five weeks. And he's still, we still have a record of seven and four. I mean, Did you yeah, have the Titans at seven and four at this point? Yes, I, I probably, I'm pretty sure I did because you guys are in the AFC South. Well, yes, we're in the AFC South, <laughs> but seven and four though, seven and four. We almost beat the the Chiefs. If Ryan Tannehill was in that game, we probably would have beat the Chiefs. Sorry, Andy, but we would probably would have beat the Chiefs. You have him at six. Okay, we won't talk about this. I do want to talk about this though because we are getting short on time and we probably won't do a recap of the games in week 12 but we'll talk about the games that are happening in week 13 because we pretty we'll much talk talked about, about those we've talked about week 12 already i want to talk, talk about, about one th- i want to talk about one game in particular okay okay well we'll talk about uh, um, emmanuel Acho as well his trash take I and mean, that might be the the last thing we talk about on the show um andy asks about derrick henry for comeback player of the year john sugg says henry is not consistent for me this is what I'm going to say about Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry can be consistent. Can be. The thing that's not consistent about Derrick Henry's game this year is the offensive line. Ben Jones, who was the starting center for this line, where Derrick Henry went off for, what, three games in a row this season at 100 yards plus in three straight games. Yeah, I think so. Ben Jones was starting as center. Aaron Brewer was at left guard. Left tackle was Dennis Daly. Bleh, Dennis Daly. Um, right guard was was Nate Davis. And right tackle was uh, Petit Ferrer, Nicholas Petit Ferrer. With that line, Derrick Henry was able to run for 100-plus yards in three straight games. 
and 200 plus yards in the game against the Houston Texans, which he'll probably do again this, you know, in a few weeks when they play the Texans at home. The reason why I bring that up is that the offensive line, the past two games in particular, where he hasn't been consistent, is because we have Aaron Brewer in place of Ben Jones, who Aaron Brewer has not played a single down as a center in the NFL until Ben Jones got injured. He played it in college, hasn't played it in the NFL. And we also have Dylan Radens, who is supposed to be our left tackle coming or who is competing for the right tackle position, come in as the left guard instead. And Dennis Daly and and <laughs> Dylan Radens together are just not not a good combo. Ben Jones had provides the anchor there for that line. I still think that if he was in the lineup, that Derek would have had two more hundred yard games. I, I still think so. His 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 handoffs have been, or his rushing attempts have been decreased because of the lack of run off, like the run protection. They have been trying to pass it more, and we've seen that in the numbers. That his his he, I think he's averaging like 20, 20 touches or eighteen touches a game this season. So in the past two or three games, so not very good. But I still think that Derrick Henry has a shot at comeback player of the year if Ben Jones does come back and start for the team coming up this week, which I think he will. Um, we'll see how that goes. But I still think that in Philadelphia, if Ben Jones is there, I would expect Derrick Henry to have a game that we were familiar with three weeks ago, where we see him run for 100 yards and get back the rushing title from Nick Chubb. That's just me. John commented about the defense as well. Best defense, 49ers or Cowboys or a team like Miami or someone else? Currently, I mean, currently, I would say 49ers. 49ers. I love that safety. I mean, the 49ers, is, they have been lights out. That's the reason why they're winning games. Even though Jimmy Garoppolo has provided some some offensive production when he needs to, but that defense is playing very, very well, and it's just night and day compared to what was happening with Trey Lance to now with Jimmy Garoppolo. Night and day. I don't know why they're playing better for Jimmy Garoppolo, but they are. Um, I, I still think that the Cowboys have a really good defense. They're going to be tested this stretch of the season. Um, they were almost, I mean, they almost lost the game on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> they were very close to doing so. 28-20. Um, to 20, It doesn't sound like a close score, but I mean, it was a pretty close game throughout the entire thing. So... Uh, Cowboys are still good. Micah Parsons is a beast. If Micah Parsons get injured, is if he gets injured, which knock on wood for Cowboys fans, um, if he gets injured, then that defense is just Destroyed. nothing without him. Nothing yeah. without him. So that's the thing with the Cowboys. 49ers, though, up and down the defense. They have playmakers. Up and down it. They are very, very good. Um, Andy said, I cheated. Geno and Barkley are top two by far. But Henry is third in the Vegas odds. Which, again, I think that Henry could be in the conversation. If he is able to get the rushing title again this year um, and get a few more 100-yard games this season, I think that he'll be in the conversation for sure. And he also said for defense, you have to throw in the Patriots. The Patriots, their defense is pretty good too. Against You know, that that pretty much benched Zach Wilson. <laughs> that, that defense yeah. did. And they're still in the hunt in the AFC East. So, um, huge, huge games by them. So, let's look at some of the games that happened in Week 12. 
I'll say Bengals Titans game. Todd Downing either A needs to get drunk again or B <laughs> he needs to get fired because his offensive play calling, I don't know what happened between the Packers game and this game. He just kept trying to run the ball with Derrick Henry down the middle of the line and with a backup in Aaron Brewer as your center and a guy in Dennis Dennis Red Dylan Radens who is your left guard who cannot stop anybody to save his life him and Dennis Daly on one side of the line the left side of the line you're just trying to run it down the middle it's not going to work they were pushing those linemen around the entire game and Todd Downing was just not adjusting for it he would have a, a good pass play every once in a while Traylon Burks had a a great catch I think it was like a 45 50 yard or something along those lines um Great play by Traylon Burks. He he played really well in the game. I think he had like 70-plus receiving yards in that game. But you just kept trying to run the ball, and there's no reason for that. No reason. Yeah. It wasn't working. I think, I think also with the defense, too, one team that you sort of – is a little bit underrated right now is the Bengals. So they have a very good defensive – at least Bengals, Bengals are playing really well. Really well. They're, they're a huge playoff contender. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm proud of the fact that we, we were within – six points of them i'm sorry four points of them um in this game unfortunately for a silly penalty on the field goal at the very end of the game for the Bengals that led to a first down for the Bengals to win that game and just ice the game um i mean unfortunately that happened i still don't think it was a penalty at the end they were saying that he that one of the linemen had made contact with the long snapper's helmet or something in that situation but um I don't think that was the case. Anyway, um, still sucks they lost by four, but they still lost by four to a team that's probably going to be in the in the playoff hunt in the AFC and make a really good run this year if they continue to play the way they're playing right now. Um, that game was a good one. What was the game that you were going to refer to from Week 12? Um, well, obviously, John Suggs is talking about the Ravens, which I want to talk about the Ravens really fast. Jags' first ever uh game in franchise history when they are trailing by seven or more points. This is the ESPN set. Jags first win in franchise history when trailing by seven or more points in the final minute, zero and one seventy-five before Sunday, which that's insane. Um, do you want to talk about Emmanuel Ocho now or do you want to just end it with that? Um, I got another game that I want to talk about that something hilarious happened with. We can end it with that. Let's, let's talk about end it with game. that. Okay. Other game that I want to talk about, obviously uh, Raiders Seahawks, very surprisingly good game. Keandre Driggs had two interceptions. Uh, J.S. Jacobs ran for 229 yards, walk off 86-yard touchdown. I don't know if you saw this. It's been circulating Twitter and TikTok. Darrell Taylor running onto the middle of the field, giving them a literal 12th man for blocking. And it wasn't called. It wasn't called. And it wasn't called. <laughs> it's hilarious, too. I, I, I had to watch it like three times. I'm like, did he really just run onto the field? And it's like, it's very... You could see it, like obviously, like it zoomed in a little bit on Twitter, on like some videos that I saw. I'm like, but if you zoom out, you clearly see him run off the sideline onto the field to celebrate, and it's like, eff it, might as well throw some blocks and throws a good block and gets counted, digs tackled. If that would, if they would have scored off that, I would have laughed and just been yeah. like, that, that can only happen to the to the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, absolutely, and that was really interesting to see. Um, and speaking back to the the Ravens and them falling apart. Um, the most impressive win this week as voted on by the poll on Twitter, 50% said the Jaguars over the Ravens was the most impressive win for the week over, uh, the Browns 
Browns-Buccaneers game, Chargers-Cardinals game, and Raiders-Seahawks. And second place, it was Browns over Buccaneers. I still think it was the Raiders versus Seahawks. I think I still think Seahawks are still a talented team. Um, and the Raiders to come back and win that game the way they did and still remain somewhat alive in the AFC West. I think that that was a good win for them because the Jaguars over Ravens, the Ravens have been, there have been several games this year that they've choked in the last two minutes. It's, It's not the first time this has happened. I still think that they have that tendency in most games where they can just lose in the last two minutes just based on fluke plays. I think um, I think the biggest thing though is that Trevor Lawrence. This is basically his introduction to the NFL. I feel like because he didn't have a rookie year with Urban Meyer, and I don't know if you saw that interview with I don't remember who it was. I think it was somebody on the Jags special teams team or something like that. Where it's like, yeah, they hit Urban Meyer last year. That had you even called that a rookie season, I would die for. I would go into battle with Drew Ble- or uh, Doug Peterson. Yeah. A lot of players would. Philadelphia players said the same thing when they when he took him to yeah. the Super Bowl. Said the same thing about him. Uh, John Suggs also said 218-0 until this weekend when Brady was leading in the final two minutes and lost to the Browns. Unfortunate. Jacoby Brissett. Last game yeah. as a Browns. Jacoby Brissett. Last game as a starter. Deshaun Watson's coming in for the Browns. Do you see the Browns making any push for the playoffs now with Deshaun Watson being to. there? I don't, I don't either. To. I don't either. I don't care. The only thing that I really liked about the Browns was that they had Jacoby Brissett, and he wasn't—he was willing to throw his life on the body, life on the line with that block for the first touchdown. That was a—I love that. That was a great play, and that just shows like he's willing to die for this team. And I feel bad that he's just basically getting stripped away from it by a—I'm not going to say he's a better court like Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback than Jacoby. Oh Brissett, yeah, for sure. You can you—you you tell throughout, well, the, first, well, throughout the first half. Of let's the say this: Deshaun Watson was. A better quarterback than Jacoby Brissett. We don't know what he's going to be when he gets on the field. Yeah. We, don't, we, don't we only know. saw him in preseason action. That's it. So, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen there. But it's going to be an interesting game against the Texans, for sure. Uh, homecoming game for Deshaun Watson, which that's going to be fascinating in and of itself. I really hope the Texans just beat the brakes out of the out I would of love the that. I would love that. Who's the other quarterback? Not not Davis Mills. The other quarterback that's there in Houston now. Oh, who's Kyle Allen. Kyle, Kyle Allen. Allen. That's right. Kyle Allen. He was with the Vikings before, right? Uh, Vikings. I know it was with the Commanders last hmm. year. I know. I think it was when... with the Vikings before too. I think it's Magic got injured. He might anyway, have been. Anyway, um, another question that popped up on my Twitter that I had the Lamar Jackson tweet. Um, question was: Should Lamar Jackson's actions on Twitter affect the Ravens' decision to re-sign him this off-season? And the majority, sixty-two percent, said no. I still think it should. But that's just me. Um, John Suggs also says, wonder if Watson scores a touchdown and he gives touchdown ball to one of his accusers since 10 of them are going to the game. Oh, I wonder where those seats are because that's going to be... I'm sure the cameras are going to be focused on them the entire game. Oh, yeah, because they, they had to give up their name too, so they, they know who they are. So Ooh. I hope they're not, but yeah. it's the NFL. Yeah, it's the NFL. Um, yeah. And then the games they're having this weekend too. Preview of those: Packers at Bears. Who you got there? Will it be Justin Fields playing? That's the I, this question. is this is okay. This is what I hope because I'm going to do an assignment about this for my school. I really hope it is Justin Fields versus Jordan Love, a new era. I would call it because both those both those quarterbacks could be franchise quarterbacks for the next five plus years for both. Could teams. be. Yeah, and they'd be playing a lot against each other. 
Uh, John Suggs yeah. has Packers. They're going to win. And which... This is also, oh, yeah, this is also the tiebreaker for the winningest team in NFL history. Both are both the Packers and the Bears are tied. Interesting. At one hundred three, one hundred three. Uh, no, because this is a, that's just between the two. I think it's oh. like eight hundred. Like in general, they are both tied. Oh, in, got it, got it, in got the it, got NFL it. spectrum. Interesting. So. Um. Yeah, I, would pro- I mean, it just depends on if Justin Fields is playing. I think it would be a more competitive game if Justin Fields is playing, but I still think the Packers are going to win. Yeah, I think if Rodgers is, Rogers is starting, I think it's no shot that the Bears win. I feel bad for him because it's it's Rogers He owns the Bears. He's, he owns the Bears. It's his, it's his second home. So mm-hmm. He owns the Bears. Um, Commanders at Giants. I mean, the Giants need to win this game. Giants need to win it. I think that they need to win this good. game. I think the underrated defense for the Commanders is going to pull through, though. I think they're going to be able to stop. And also, it might be Chase Young's return to the back. game. So, because he was sick this past weekend, he was set to return this weekend, but then he got a sickness the day of the game. <laughs> the sucks. day of the game, he got sick. So that turned it into not his return and then this week will probably be his return so that'll be interesting to see i think the commanders have a good shot although the giants will be at home um so that it's just disrespectful even this past week in the titans were weren't even favored at home against the Bengals at first no nope. they were plus one against the Bengals this past weekend which i mean now we see why because the Bengals won by four but still it's just it's very interesting to me that they were plus one um Titans at Eagles, that's a game that the A.J. AJ Brown has been – he's circled this game on his calendar the first day he got to Philadelphia. Yeah. He said, this is going to be the game that I exact my revenge on the Titans. I don't know why. I mean, he said that that the Titans did him wrong. I still lean on the side of the Titans. I think that A.J. Brown just cut off communication, was asking for too much money because he knew the Titans couldn't pay him that much money. And just wanted to go play with his friend in, in Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts, which okay, fine, just tell us that. That's all you have to tell us. But he's making up these stories. He's he's tweeting and deleting tweets like he did in the Titans organization, which I was okay with back then. But now I'm like, eh, it just looks childish on his part. Um, that's gonna be a really fascinating game. I think that the Titans will keep it close. I think if the Titans can, run, yeah, I think I'm kind of siding with John here. If the Titans can run the ball. Um, that's, that, that's how you slow them down. You slow them down by running the ball. Run the ball yeah. down their throat. Mm-hmm. If their rush defense, if the Titans' rush defense comes to play, because before last week's game, they were only average, teams were only averaging like 88 yards of rushing per game, which was top five in the NFL in rushing defense. So if, he, if they're able to do that against the, the Eagles, who that's their strong suit is running the ball, especially with Jalen Hurts running the ball, being the first quarterback in NFL history to run for 125 yards and pass for 125 yards in a single half of play. Yep. He gave me 30 points of fantasy, so I can't be too mad. That helps. That helps. Um, help. But no, I, 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 can still, I can still see the Titans playing really well and, and beating them in Philadelphia. They played them close in Kansas City. They played the Chiefs close in Kansas City. And I think that they can do the same thing in Philadelphia against the especially Philadelphia. with especially with Jordan Davis still being out too. Like he, he like even though he's a rookie, that that man is large and yes, he was the anchor of the defense. And I think we finally saw it the past few weeks since he's been injured. Like he was, he's that he is the anchor 
of that defense. Obviously, people think it's, it was Fletcher Cox, but no, it's now Jordan Davis. It's just, I think it's Jordan Davis's defense right now. Yeah, and he also he chimed in about the commander, saying the commander's defense is the reason why they're back where they are. I, I agree, but at the same time, Taylor Heineke, man, is not a name he to stop smart. at. He, he plays smart. He plays smart. He doesn't turn off the, over the ball. He's a smart quarterback. I think they probably should have kept him as a starting quarterback since the beginning of the season. Why even trade for Carson Wentz when he had Taylor Heineke? I, I, I don't get it. Um, but it woke up Taylor, Taylor Heineke, man, and he's coming out saying, look, I'm the starting quarterback now. I'm not going to give it up. So... Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes there. Um, Browns, Texans. I'm assuming we're te- we're picking the Browns here. Yeah, I don't think – I mean, I want the Texans to win. I don't think they're going to. The only reason why I threw that on there is because, obviously, Deshaun Watson homecoming. Like, Yeah, I mean, I, I think Deshaun Watson coming back, playing his home team or his former team, I think that's a huge, a huge storyline. Um, Dolphins at Niners. Niners are actually favored by four in this game because they're at San Francisco – can the defense slow down Tyreek Hill and Tua Tagovailoa? That's gonna be really. I, that's gonna be an interesting game. It's gonna be probably be the best game of the of the day. Yeah, I think. I wish they put some of these games last week because all of the games last week, besides like all the games on Thanksgiving and Sunday night, maybe all of them sucked. All of them sucked yeah. last week. Like I, this is gonna be one of the games where it's like I like I think it's at three thirty. So I like I'm gonna be throwing if I'm able to. I'm gonna throw this one on and actually watch it. Because it's two, it's two basically two different mindsets. You got the, it's the former head coach Mike uh, Mike McDaniel's coach 49ers, and then you you got that you got that offensive swagger versus that defensive swagger of the 49ers. Where which who will win? Obviously, everybody says defense wins championships. Two has been proving that differently right now, just chucking the ball and getting it to under Tyreek Hill. Yeah. So. so let's see if he can do that this weekend. Andy's saying the Niners. I think it's a little bit of the bias of you know. Tyree Kill, he's still upset about Tyree Kill going to Miami, not being Kansas City. Um, John says about the Commanders, I wish I asked when Wentz got hurt if he was going to be the lucky charm and people were questionable. He's smart on his throws. I mean, I think he's is he is he talking about he's talking Ty- about Taylor Heineke? Heineke. Okay, yes. cool. Um Andy also says they've looked great since the Chiefs stomped them. Talking about the Niners, so that might have woken him up. Um it's still gonna be a really tough game. I, I think I'd just give it the edge to the Niners just because they're at home. Yeah. I mean, I, I still think the Dolphins will play really well, but if you can get to Tua, don't give him enough time to be in the pocket to to throw the ball down the field to Tyreek Hill. Make him to where he just has dink and dunk throws. I think the defense can really stammer the uh, the offensive firepower of the Miami Dolphins, and it's raining again, just in case you yeah. hear that in the background. Um, John Sugg says, don't sleep on... Colts against Dallas as well. Which we didn't it's gonna be a that. snooze fest. That's gonna be John. I don't think that's gonna be Matt Ryan. Didn't have a single completion in the first half. So yeah, he week. threw. I think I think he threw for like twenty-seven yards. Yeah, in the uh, first half. <clears throat> sorry, Dallas is going. Dallas is better than going to score a hundred. Eleven point spread. I bet it'd be closer. I mean, I, I would probably bet the plus eleven, but I wouldn't bet. The Colts were going to win. I wouldn't go money line. I'd go spread. Plus 11. The spread. That's what I would do. Um, last but not least, Chiefs at Bengals. Can the Bengals slow down Patrick Mahomes and that firepower there in Kansas City? 
No. Travis Kelsey has his swagger. Um, Pacheco has been playing very, very well in the backfield, pretty much taking over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's position. Starting. Yeah, starting I position. Think uh, here's the thing, though. I think CEH is a much better two-back, like a 1B option, because mm-hmm. he has that power to him. He doesn't have that sort of speed, whereas Pacheco has that speed. And we it's saw like it thunder and the, lightning. Yeah, it's a good hey, don't don't take the don't take Aaron Jones and and uh, AJ Jones nicknames. Well, sorry, um, I mean everybody yeah. call everybody calls people that. It's same thing. Yeah, but I I think you look at the Chiefs and I don't think there's a team right now that can stop them. That's in the that they're going to face in the regular season. Obviously, who knows about injuries? Who knows about anything like that? But I think I think they're on their way to their what is the third Super Bowl championship ever? Yeah, so crazy um and also I, I would say smash and dash but tennessee with chris johnson lindell white had that name tag so that moniker so unfortunately we can't give him that either we just have to find a different name for them at least um, it's not as bad as isaiah mckenzie stealing the human joystick from dante hall yeah like, dante hall is the only person that has the that should have that nickname yeah um john says chiefs only two and a half spread could see 29-22, something along those lines, though, with KC winning. I still think KC's going to win. I mean, it's, it is a tough game. And again, Andy being the Chiefs fan, he's nervous about it. I would be nervous, too. However, I still feel like if the Chiefs have that mentality of the Bengals can beat us, the Bengals are a good team, if they go in with that mentality instead of going in cocky, um, I still think they can win the game. Yeah. And I plus, this, Jamar Chase could be back this week, too. And if he's back, that's another weapon on that offensive line, which has been look, which has been looking lights out from when they started the season, especially that front, the front five. They, I don't think they've allowed more than one sack in the past like few weeks. Like that offensive line is looking great. That they, uh, Joe Burrow's been getting the ball out quickly. Samaji P. Ryan has just been playing out of his mind recently. Like there's uh, the Bengals have been looking like some a team that is to be threatened with in the AFC. Oh, for sure. Um, and I, I still think, too, that if it's a gunslinger battle between Joe Burrow and and Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes wins those. I mean, yeah. even though that you know there have been one or two that have slipped away from him, um, I, I still think Patrick Mahomes, I'd rather go with Patrick Mahomes than Joe Burrow in those scenarios. Uh, John also says, Chase today was still doubtful. Mixon also, if they come back, It'll be close. I think it'll be game time decisions, but I still think they'll both play. And if they, at least Jamar Chase will play. I don't know about Joe Mixon because I'm not really sure what his injury is. But the concussion. I'm not sure. Because it seemed like it was late in the week that they ruled him out. And Jamar Chase Uh, was a game time decision against the Titans too. So. Yeah, concussion. Concussion. So potentially he comes back, potentially not. We'll see how that goes. Um, but those are the games that to look for. So be sure to look out for those games coming up week. They'll be interesting to watch. I am definitely going to be watching, of course, the Titans and Eagles game. But also, I, st- I still think Dolphins and 49ers are going to be a great game too. I think that's going to be um, those last three games. Browns, Texans, Dolphins, Niners, Chiefs, Bengals are all three going to be really, really good games. I don't think I the think. Browns game will be good. I think it'll be a good storyline. Storyline, yes. Storyline good, yes. game bad. Now, what would be great? Well, it would be, I'm sure Texans fans, I mean, they're not hoping for this to happen. If Deshaun Watson get injured in that game yeah. in Tech, in Houston, which I think they would probably cheer about that. Um, but 
I mean, having Jacoby Brissett be there instead. I would probably cheer for the Browns if Jacoby Brissett was still starting. Oh, yeah. I like, I like Jacoby I Brissett. I think he I would. Got, yeah. Like, um, also, John says, give me an update on the Preds. The Kitty Cats are 1-1. One one. 40 seconds left in the third. Oh, going into overtime. Um, and he says, they are playing... I need to find out. I mean, I was doing this show tonight. I didn't really think about it. I think the Wild, I believe. No, they Ducks. Sorry, Ducks. One-and-one. Um, one. Ducks did score a goal in the third period hoop um and he says if this is the end of your show don't forget about the other football usa 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 netherlands going down saturday pulisic will be back he said hopefully he will be because pulisic was one who got the goal today again got me money on seizure sportsbook so that was a good thing for the usa winning and also christian pulisic getting that goal um very good and it looks like they're in overtime now the ducks and preds so hopefully preds can squeak it out um and win that game in overtime. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think it looked like a, so going back to the Pulsic injury, it looked like a Charlie horse and it looked like it got hit in the nuts. It looked like it a mixture did, of it, both. And yeah. Yeah. They said it was, a, I think they said it was an abdominal strain. I think was the injury at, at the end of the game. They, they're reporting about it. And I think they said this is abdominal strain, but, um, John still has Brazil or England winning it. USA is too young. Although John USA had a draw against England. England didn't look that powerful in that game that they played against each other. So that's that's a good thing for the USA. They, they, USA they can gets, still hang in there. They can still yeah. hang in there. If USA gets knocked out, I'm going Viva La Brazil all the way. And Andy says no France. Mbappe? 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 Mbappe is playing very well for France. He's told Watanabe? Huh? Bas- he's a basketball player. He's told Watanabe. Oh, no, no, no. Mbappe. Mbappe. Kylian Mbappe is playing for France, and he's very, very good. Um, Last but not least, we have one story to tell you, too. I know this show has taken long tonight. Thank you all all for sticking with us as we've we've gone through, because I've enjoyed it. Oh, your audio cut out. (laughs) (laughs) It's gone. Hello? Is it back? Thanks. Yes. So. Yes, it is back. Hallelujah. Anyway, audio's back. John, stop laughing in the comments. Anyway, so last but not least, Acho. He was on ESPN Ocho. before. He's on Fox Sports now, I believe, with their show on Fox Sports One. Um, he came out to he came out about a week ago or two weeks ago talking about Justin Herbert and how he is a social media social media quarterback in the sense that he's overpaid. Um, he, he's overhyped. He has a below 500 record because, you know, wins are a quarterback stat, obviously. So it's not, it's not a team game or anything. It's all on the quarterback. But he's a below 500 quarterback. Justin Herbert shouldn't be getting the praise that he does. But then this past weekend, the Chargers came back and won. And Acho decided to go to Twitter and respond, not necessarily saying sorry for what he said before, but kind of doubling down on what he said before. And this is what he said. Since winning and losing as a quarterback stat, congrats to Justin Herbert on a hell of a win. But before it rains confetti, I remind you all he's 21 and 22 as a starter. 
Let's get over 500 before we pull our chance, uh, pull, uh, pull, puff our chests out, Charger fans. Do you think that Justin Herbert is overhyped? No, because I wanted him as a Packer fan when he got drafted. I mean, you you don't you're not overhyped when you have just over 12,000 yards in three years. Yeah, so. uh, we, we were talking about this before the show. I, I told you to look up some stats for me. Compared to the other quarterbacks that are out there, so we pulled up Tom Brady, we pulled up Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, um, uh, Joe, Joe Burrow, Burrow as well. Not, not Lamar Jackson. So it was Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, and Justin Herbert. There you go. With those quarterbacks, where did Justin Herbert rank in passing, like being a quarterback, where did he rank those years that he's been in the league so far? So currently, just uh, Justin Herbert, I sort of just pulled up PFF and just, just sort of doing it this way. He has a 66.5 completion percentage throughout all three years. Obviously, this year is sort of wild because he, it's not been a full year just yet. He's got just over 12,000 new passing yards to with 88 touchdowns to 32 interceptions. A little bit high in interceptions, but eh, that's what's going to happen, and especially a more pass-dominant league. Sure. Tom Brady in the past three years, 66.5 completion percentage, 13,000 yards right on the dot, 97 touchdowns to 26 interceptions. Patrick better Mahomes touchdown inter- interception ratio, better but, touchdown still, interception but still passing yards are quite similar. Quite good. Patrick Mahomes, uh, 62.2% completion percentage, uh, 13,164 yards, uh, 104 touchdowns to 27 interceptions, which that's Patrick Mahomes. That's new face of the league basically yeah oh yeah yeah josh allen 65.5 completion percentage 1200 yards 96 to 36 touchdown interception ratio so before we go any further i i would want to know from acho is josh allen overhyped is patrick mahomes overhyped i don't know he seems to like tua tangovaloa is tua overhyped no he's he's been injured He's been injured, but at the same time, look at Justin Herbert. and Look what he has there, especially on the Chargers defense. The Chargers defense is no is nowhere near where it needs to at least to be competent. Especially with the names they have on that on that defense. I thought they were going to be a better defense this year. Obviously they haven't been because they haven't been able to produce. There've been a lot of injuries with wide receiver there with Mike Williams, with Keenan Allen. Both of those wide receivers have missed significant time this season due to injury. The only weapon he's really had has been Austin Eckler, and he even had an injury. He had a rib injury, like, what, mm-hmm. third week of the season, fourth week of the season? Mm-hmm. Just right around the the end of September. So you've had these injuries. You've had these, you know, mishaps on offense, things of that nature. But still, he still ranks top five, top seven quarterbacks in the league so far. I will look at it right now. So in 2020... This is just going off passing yards right now because that's the NFL website. It sucks a lot. Yeah, it does. In 2020, his rookie year, he was one, two, three, four, five, six in passing yards with 4,336. And he was rookie, Seven of, the point, year. rookie of the year. Rookie of the year, 7.3 yards per attempt, uh, 66.6 completion percentage, 31 to 10 interceptions. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, pretty good. Very yeah. good rookie year. Rookie 2021, year. second year in the league. Second in passing yards with four with five thousand fourteen. Second only, Tom Brady only had higher, seven point five yards per attempt, uh, sixty five point nine completion percentage. A little bit of a dip in completion percentage, but that's going to happen. 
yeah. every once in a while. Yeah. 38 to 15, 97.7 uh, QBR. This year so far, he is fifth in the league with rush with passing yards, 3,004, 6.5 yards per attempt, 67.4 completion percentage. And that's without Mike Williams, Keenan Allen for most of the year, without a starting tight end for most of the year. 92.6 complete uh, QBR. So he's still top seven. Still top Top seven. five this year. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what Acho's thinking. I don't know what he, I don't know what he's smoking over there at Fox Sports. But obviously, he's just a talking head wanting to get a big name for himself. Wanting yeah, to come absolutely. out and sensationalism at its finest. He's wanting to be a sensational sensational reporter to where he can just be a flash in the pan on social media and go from there, never admit his admit Wrong his wrongdoing in the sense of saying that he's an overrated, overpaid quarterback. Well, first of all, Justin Herbert is a rookie still. He's on a rookie deal. Yeah, so. rookie. He's on a rookie deal still. So he's not getting paid more than Patrick Mahomes, more than Aaron Rodgers, more than Tom Brady. So I don't know why you're saying he's overpaid. And also, Andy says car is trash, which, um, because John says, <laughs> but he has better numbers than Carr. Carr could have been a good quarterback. I think that also with Josh McDaniels being there, I think that that's kind of ruined Derek Carr this season, especially. I mean, Derek Carr is still, so Justin Herbert's five, six, seven, eight, he's number eight right now with passing yards at least. Still doing pretty good, but he's always he's always been lower than what Justin Herbert has been. He's been at least two to three lower. I also have this stat for you. Yes. Manuel Acho, I pulled up his pro football reference. Mm. Like, you know what? He's talking. He's he's he said he's played in the NFL for a few years. Let's look at yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. How many games do you think he played? As a starter? As a starter or in general? I would say as a starter. Let's say as a starter. He's a linebacker. Um... Give you that much. He was a linebacker. 24 games. He started two games. He's played in 20. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But he's a great he's a great quarterback. Uh, he's a great judge of quarterback talent. That's why he's on ESPN and Fox and all that stuff. Um, oh, yes. That's something good. The Preds won 2-1 in overtime. I just had it on my phone, and it was... Who was it that scored the goal? Yossi, the captain. Look at that. Congrats to the Preds. We'll talk more about that on uh, Puck Off tomorrow at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time right here on JDF Sports. We also have House of Cards on JDF Sports on Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, the first show they've had in a few weeks. I I forgot that they swapped it from Friday. Yep, Thursdays now, 8 p.m. Eastern Time right here on JDF. Um, So Emmanuel Acho is trash, essentially. So that's it. I mean, yeah. You're trash. 20 games, 20 games played, 22 games started, uh, 33 combined tackles. It's 21 solo, which is, that's not bad. Only starting not two bad. games and playing in 20. Also, as Andy puts here, Saturday, 9 a.m. Eastern time, USA versus the Netherlands. Cheer on the boys in red, white, and blue in your bed if you need to, because I know they're, Probably people out there, they're going to be sleeping at 9 a.m. But you can still cheer on them. Um, hopefully they are able to advance the next round. And, John, last but not least, best game all weekend was Ohio State losing. It was by 22 points. However, they still put they put Michigan up 
to number two. They put Ohio State down to number five, even though you lost by three touchdowns. And they have Alabama ranked above Tennessee. A Tennessee team who beat LSU and Alabama earlier this year. So again, the college football playoff committee just judges teams based on recency bias and also name as well with Alabama. Of of course, Alabama is going to have an outsider's chance of getting into the playoff now at number six. Andy, I don't care if Hooker isn't there. Did you see what happened to Vanderbilt, who was a surging Vanderbilt team who won two SEC games in a row, the first two SEC game win streak they've had since I don't even know. And they went in, Tennessee went in with Joe Milton, Joe Milton the third, or the second, second or third, and won 56 to zero. I don't even care if it's Vanderbilt. It's an SEC team still. At Vanderbilt, 56 to zero. It was last weekend, John. It was 56 to zero. And again, uh, that comment right there, John, a lot of people had that same sentiment. A lot of people did, saying, oh, Vanderbilt's hot. Vanderbilt's coming into this Tennessee game, and they potentially beat Tennessee for the first time in six years or however long it's been, but then they beat them 56-0. to zero. Goose egg. Goose egg. They beat LSU and Alabama this year. And again, if you listen to the committee, uh, there was actually a comp... I'm, we're going to go really long tonight. Um, sorry about that. Anyway, there was a comment that I actually tweeted out. I retweeted from the president of the, the committee, the college football playoff committee. Um, it was none other than Boo Corrigan, who is an AD at Clemson, I believe, or somewhere. He, he's a, an AD at one of the schools. Anyway, he came out and said tonight, Ohio State, the wins over Notre Dame and Penn State, and you also look at Alabama. Their big wins were over Texas and Mississippi State. Those are the big wins they had this year. Those are the big wins. Tennessee went to Alabama, beat Alabama by three points. They went to LSU, whooped LSU. LSU only scored 13 points that game, and they still had Alabama above Tennessee. The only reason why they had that is because of the South Carolina game. The only reason. Which L- South Carolina just went out this past weekend and beat LSU. So, what am I missing here? This is why I don't watch college football. <laughs> what am I missing here? Again, there's no, and there's no accountability for the committee as well, obviously. There's only, they're picking four teams to go into the playoff and, um, yeah. And TCU better watch Kansas Kansas State this weekend. I agree, John. I think Kansas State will probably... I'm sorry, South Carolina beat Clemson. Um, yeah, they beat Clemson this weekend by one point, but still they beat Clemson. So a surging South Carolina team who is now in the top 25, ending the season in the top 25, Tennessee lost to them, but it was after Hendon Hooker went down with an injury and Joe Milton had not been taking first-team first snaps in practice. Okay. Um... Andy says, either way, Bama isn't making it. Georgia will beat LSU by 14. Michigan will beat Purdue by 14. The only way is if TCU and USC both lose, and they both won't, and even if they do, one of them will still be in, unless they're both blowout losses. That's the one thing. Alabama, they still put Alabama at number six to have a chance of putting them into the college football playoff. 
Do you think that Alabama this year is a better team than Tennessee? That's the one question I have for you to end this show. Do you think that Alabama is a better team in 2022 than Tennessee? Put the Hendon Hooker injury aside because Michigan lost their best player this past weekend as well. So injuries shouldn't be a factor, obviously. Michigan's still number two. See, and Andy says no. Andy says Alabama is not a better team than Tennessee, which I agree because Andy did bet on Tennessee may at least making it to the college football playoff. I don't know if it was winning the college football playoff as well, Andy. You and Alex made that bet. Um, but Hooker is out, so yes. Don't give me that BS. Um, John also says no because if Texas quarterback didn't get hurt, Bama would have lost. Absolutely. Oh, you had it. You had Tennessee winning. Well, I had Tennessee winning too, but unfortunately, this is what I got to say about the USC game because I, I liked. I wanted to go to USC for a little bit there when I was in yeah. high school. They're facing the Utah Utes, and last Utah's number faced, uh, 11? 12. 12. 12. And last time they faced Utah, they lost forty-two to forty-three. Utah beat them. So it's gonna be close games. TCU, Kansas State, like John said, watch out for Kansas State against TCU and Utah versus USC. That's gonna be a really interesting matchup to see if they can actually exact revenge on Utah or not. Um, Andy says, Dylan, you have to take that into account. That you made the bet on them? No, I'm I'm just saying that I was just stating a fact that you and Alex made the bet on Tennessee winning the college football playoff. So that's I mean, that's all I'm saying. Just stating a fact there. I did too. I put 20 bucks down. <laughs> Lost that 20 bucks. But, I mean, hey, it's okay. It's a gamble. Um, John also says USC will have revenge on Utah. We'll see about that. Anyway, the show is going way too long. Thank you so much for watching this week. If you like the show, feel free. Oh, the hooker. Well, hooker. Again, Joe Milton is going to be the starter next year. Might as well give him some reps this year. He beat Vanderbilt 56-0. to Sit down. That's all I have to say. It's Vanderbilt. Go Vols, first of all. Hope you guys enjoy week 13 of the NFL. I will talk to you next week on Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern time right here on JDF Sports with my man Tyler here. My name is Dylan James. Thanks for watching. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Let's get to 500 by the end of the year. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, everywhere you get us on social media, and we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>